Hello, everyone, and welcome to the One Clap Speech and Debate Podcast. My name is Lawrence So, and I'll be your guest host for this episode. I'm one of the graduate teaching assistants at the University of Wyoming, as well as the head coach for Team Wyoming, uh, our university's free coaching resource that we offer to anyone in the Mountain West region, uh, which you can learn more about at the Wyoming Debate Roundup, uh, which we will link in the show notes below. I'm also an assistant LD coach at Apple Valley High School in Minnesota, which recently competed at the 2021 Blake Invitational, which was debating the January-February LD topic, Resolved, the Appropriation of Outer Space by Private Entities is Unjust. Now, despite being the Jan-Feb topic, several tournaments, uh, notably Blake, Strake Jesuit, and the College Prep LD Invitational, actually used the Jan-Feb topic in December, um, ostensibly to help students get an early start on the topic. Um, I think that's somewhat silly, but it is how it is because the National Circuit uses the LD topic from Jan-Feb for the Tournament of Champions, which is all the way in April. So it's actually like a five-month topic, and it's the most important topic for that circuit. Let's bracket aside that. That's kind of unimportant. What is important is that I got an opportunity to witness some rounds on the JanFeb topic before January even happened. And as a result, I get to offer some insights and some thoughts about the rounds that I saw. And so as I was judging at the Blake tournament, I noticed several common mistakes committed by debaters from all skill levels. um, And I wanted to share three of my observations about the topic that I had from judging all of these rounds. And hopefully these observations can help Uh, you prepare for the space topic, which for you starts in just a few weeks. So I have three observations about the topic as well as some of my thoughts on them. The first one concerns the term unjust. The second one concerns what appropriation is. And the final one is about the importance of appropriation to arguments in the round. So let's start with the term unjust. So I'll start by saying that this topic is a little awkwardly worded. Um, but I don't think it's as, as awkwardly worded as people might think that it is. I think it's awkwardly worded because it's not as clear and concise as a lot of other LD topics, which usually have a clear actor and action. So actor X should do Y. So, you know, the government should recognize a right to strike or the government should uh, reduce IPR protections for medicines or something like that. Um, this one's a little bit different, right? It's instead of sort of saying what should an actor do, it's just asking us to evaluate the justness of certain actions kind of not tethered to um, an actor like a state doing something X or Y. And in particular, this phrase unjust stands out to me because I think it really does affect the types of arguments that debaters like to gravitate towards. Let's first start by establishing that there's a pretty obvious, although not entirely easily uh, deducible, distinction between things that are just and things that governments should ban, right? So I think a lot of people have interpreted this topic as, well, some government, a just government, all governments, world government, whatever, should ban the private appropriation of space, um, something like that. But this doesn't make a lot of sense to me, because the relationship between what governments ought to ban and justice seems a little tenuous at best. So for example, not all unjust things are banned, right? So for example, lying to a friend, refusing to honor a promise to a friend, these are things that I would typically consider unjust, right? It's probably unjust of me to say, you know, I'll I'll look after your cat, and then day comes, and you're like, nah, I don't really feel like doing it. It's not obvious that the government should ban that behavior, right? Um, In fact, I think it'd be very silly if the government tried to ban that behavior. It's a little bit of government overreach if I do say so myself, right? So not all unjust things are banned. 
But similarly, not all banned things are unjust, right? We accept a lot of limitations on freedom solely on pragmatic grounds, not related to concerns of justice. So for example, the government bans, at least in the United States, driving on the left side of the road. And it's not because there's something unjust about driving on the left side of the road. That'd be a silly take, I think. It's just because for the purpose of social harmony and cohesion, we've agreed that the sort of optimal rules of the road are we all agree to drive on one side of the road that prevents us from, you know, dying all the time as a result of car crashes. So clearly, I think the relationship between something being unjust and something being banned is tenuous at best. And demonstrating that, for example, the private appropriation of outer space should be banned, I don't think is strong reason to think that it's unjust. And similarly, thinking that it's unjust, I don't think provides strong reason to think that it ought to be banned. So what is the term justice trying to get at? Well, I'm not entirely sure. Um, but one thing I do think is clear is it's less, it's less a sort of question of pure consequentialist analysis. Whereas I am personally very sympathetic to utilitarian type arguments. I just don't think this is the type of topic that invites itself for the sort of straightforward utilitarian arguments that people tend to read. I tend to think that the relationship between justice and utilitarianism is a little tenuous as, as well. Um, there's in fact a section on the Stanford, Stanford Cyclopedia philosophy page about justice that's like, here are three reasons for why justice is probably not consequentialist, and those arguments seem very persuasive to me. So instead of thinking about, well, what are the consequences of the private appropriation of space? Instead, you should be thinking about what is justice and why might appropriation of outer space by private entities, no less, be inconsistent or consistent with those core principles of justice. So some starting points. You can have an Aristotelian sense of justice. You can have a Rawlsian sense of justice. Or you can have a Nozickian sense of justice. All of these, I think, are plausible candidates and I encourage you to do further research and reading in the philosophical literature that sort of dives into the question about what justice is, instead of just trying to jump into straightforward consequentialist arguments on the topic, or thinking about what should the government do about the private appropriation of space. Because again, I don't think those are sort of central topic questions. Okay, my second thought uh, slash observation about this topic is that you should really take some time to think through what appropriation is. So more so than other topics, topicality or determining what falls within the scope of the topic is more important than ever because it determines what counts as legitimate affirmative and negative ground. So for example, the question about is the appropriation of outer space unjust, I think might change based on what you classify as appropriation. So one common debate that is had in the literature is, is resource extraction? considered appropriation. So this, I think, implicates a lot of arguments on the topic because they're about resource extraction. You know, the affirmative might argue that unregulated private mining of asteroids, which is a you know, pretty common argument, is dangerous. Maybe it creates debris, maybe it creates safety hazards, maybe it's likely to deflect the asteroids um, into unsafe trajectories that maybe damage satellites, stuff like that. And the negative is probably going to argue that, you know, private entities should mine asteroids as quickly as possible. They have a lot of valuable minerals and water and cobalt on them, um, all things that are dangerous to mine on Earth, environmentally harmful to mine on Earth. And so not only would there be a massive economic benefit to mining asteroids, but there would be an environmental one as well, because we wouldn't have to do terrestrial mining. We could just mine this stuff in space where all the sort of negative uh, side effects of mining resources is you know, literally not in our backyards in space. 
But if the non-appropriation principle doesn't allow for resource extraction, or it does, that's going to drastically change which arguments each side can make. So for example, what if appropriation doesn't ban resource extraction? In other words, the affirmative can say the appropriation of outer space is unjust, but appropriation only refers to, for example, claiming sovereign territory on Mars. But it doesn't ban or have anything to say about, for example, mining on asteroids. I think that heavily tilts the debate, right? A lot of negatives, I think, are going to roll into this topic, and their best negative argument is going to be asteroid mining is good. But if the affirmative says, well, that's not appropriation, that's something else, it's resource extraction, and that's not banned under non-appropriation principles, uh, as evidenced by, for example, deep sea mining on Earth, well, that's going to heavily tilt the balance of the debate, because the negative's main argument just goes out the window. It's no longer negative ground, it's affirmative ground. Think about some other sort of common debates on the topic. So one common thing that relates to space is the value of space exploration, right? Like trying to find a new habitable world for humans to occupy when inevitably the heat death of the universe ensures that we need to take off and run away somewhere. Now, I'm personally skeptical as to the value of space exploration, but bracket aside that concern and think about, well, whose ground is this? Or is it even up for debate at all? So, for example, uh, one common idea of of appropriation is this idea of exclusive use. Um, but are you exclusively using outer space if you're just a starship traveling through it to explore space? In the same way that, like, I own my car that I drive on a road, um, it's not clear to me that I own the road that I'm driving on. I'm merely using it, but I don't have a right to it. I just certainly didn't appropriate it. Or if I'm, you know, trying to discover a new... Uh, aspect of a forest in a national park that's been unmapped before, which is not a thing because it's all been mapped. But like, let's say I'm the first one to discover it. I wouldn't say that I'm owning the forest that I'm trudging through. I'm just owning, let's say, the vehicle that I'm on to get through the forest to explore it. That doesn't seem to me to be appropriation, but some people think that it might be. And finally, satellites, right? Satellites is a huge topic area. Should people own outer space, particularly the orbits where satellites are? You know, right now, it doesn't seem like you own more than the satellite itself, but the orbit that you use is allotted by, um, you know, uh, is allotted by different agencies like the ITU um, or individual national governments. But, you know, again, with the road analogy, you don't own the orbit of the satellite. You just use it like a public road. And so all of these are core topic areas in which the definition of appropriation heavily shifts which arguments each side is allowed to say. Right. And so I don't have a correct answer as to what appropriation is or isn't. It's literally one of the most unsettled questions of international space law. And there are a litany of journal articles written by people far smarter and far more steeped in the literature than I that have attempted to settle this question um, and with arguments going in literally every direction. So I don't think it's important that you have the correct answer. I just think it's important that you have an answer that you can defend in round. Right? As the affirmative, it might be strategic for you to say that appropriation does not include asteroid mining. Right, So that way, when the negative says asteroid mining is really good, the affirmative can say, well, I don't really take a stance on that. That's not appropriation, so it's not something that I declare is unjust. But if you're negative, asteroid mining is certainly one of the stronger arguments that you have access to. So you might want to define appropriation in a way that says asteroid mining is appropriation. And that debate alone, you know, is or isn't asteroid mining appropriation, I suspect will be a huge portion of a lot of very close debates because it can literally just zap an entire argument away, right? It can say, this is just literally not within the bounds of the topic or within your legitimate ground to claim. 
And that is going to drastically affect the outcomes of certain debates. So again, I would strongly encourage you to sort of take the time and parse through the literature. This is not an easy question to settle, and it will require you to spend a lot of time just reading through law journals that might be a bit dense at first. Um, but I promise that after the first couple of ones, they'll start making similar arguments. You'll start be, uh, being able to connect the common threads together and begin to understand what appropriation really is. My third and final thought about the topic is thinking about the importance of appropriation specifically. So in the previous section, it was, well, what is appropriation? But assuming that you've settled on an answer about what appropriation is, well, how does it affect the rest of the debate and the quality of arguments that can be made, as well as which arguments are within the scope of the topic? So think about some common arguments made by affirmative and negative teams that I judged this last weekend. Right? So here's a list of them. So one affirmative argument is that well, private actors in space, well, they create a lot of debris as a result of increased rocket launches, satellite collisions, etc. And that's bad because it hinders further space exploration from something like the Kessler Syndrome, where there's so much debris that we can't even leave Earth's orbit anymore. That also has some ripple effects, right? So taking out a satellite might ac accidentally trigger a war between powers on Earth because satellites are so important for communications as well as for intelligence gathering that if a satellite got knocked out, Maybe one of the actors on Earth in, uh, interprets that as a prelude to full-scale invasion. So that's one affirmative argument. Another affirmative argument, or sorry, another negative argument, uh, is like private actors really want to mine asteroids. And that's awesome because it gives access to a lot of valuable rare Earth minerals. Um, another negative argument is like one problem with banning private entities from going to space is that it lets China win the private space race, which means they'll take over the world um, and beat the U.S. in terms of uh, space dominance. And finally is an argument that I heard, which is that a new privately driven space race would unleash a new wave of exploration and innovation, um, as proven from the last space race, which saw an immense wave of new technological achievements, uh, innovation in almost all sectors as a result of this focus on going to space. So those were four pretty common arguments. I saw them in at least a round or two, sometimes more. For the debaters that I coached, they often debated these arguments. Um, from the rounds that I saw uploaded to the high school debate wiki, um, a lot of teams were reading these. Um, not just at Blake, but at the other tournaments as well, CPS and Strake. What's the problem with all of these? Well, none of them are about appropriation. Think about the first one, this idea about space debris. Well, how is that related to appropriation? I mean, private spa space actors are going to be there kind of regardless of if they can appropriate a mine, uh, an asteroid mining operation or Mars. Um, there's already just a million satellites running around in space uh, and certainly nothing about the unjustness of uh, appropriation per se is really going to speak much to the justness of those other actions. What about this, like, mining asteroids thing? Well, think back to the previous section. Is mining asteroids necessarily appropriation? I think a lot of negative teams take this for granted, and they don't bother establishing that it is, in fact, appropriation. Uh, and so, as a result, it's questionable whether this is even negative ground in the first place. Or banning private entities from going to space, letting China win the private space race. Well, not only is this a silly argument, because, well, the affirmative stops everyone from going to space, so it doesn't give any country an edge, but also, we're going to space regardless, right? Right now, it's not appropriation, right? The general idea of the Outer Space Treaty is that no national entity and arguably private entity can appropriate outer space. And it's just not obvious to me how these private space races, which are mostly about, you know, satellite technology, have anything to do at all with appropriation. 
And finally, the same problem applies to the last argument about the private-driven space race unleashing a new wave of innovation. Well, that innovation is going to come regardless of appropriation. So I encourage you to think about, well, why might appropriation be key? In fact, the first cross-ex question I think most teams should be asking is, why is appropriation key? And, and this should be for both sides, right? The negative should ask the affirmative, what harms have you identified uh, about the private appropriation? of outer space, as opposed to the existence of private entities in space in general? Distinct questions. And as the affirmative, you should be asking the negative. Wait, why is appropriation key to accrue these benefits? Why can't we capture these benefits through other means that aren't appropriation? So here's my best guesses as to why might appropriation be key or specifically important. Now, for the affirmative, my best guess is that arguments that relate to the sort of common heritage of mankind or the common humanity principle, these types of things, uh, which argue that appropriation by private entities creates a tragedy of the commons, where everyone rushes to exploit resources as quickly as possible, which leaves everyone worse off. Um, it's the sort of typical argument used against unregulated markets. Well, that could be a problem in space, right? So one problem with the appropriation of outer space is it creates perverse incentives to run to space as quickly as possible, exploit it for all that it's worth and leave. Leave everyone worse off, because now there's less space for people to have. So think about in the context of Mars colonization, where we settle Mars to inhabit the red planet. You know, maybe one problem with appropriations, we don't really want uh, Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos racing to be the first one to get there to establish their own little private uh, utopias of rich billionaires in space um, and exploiting the red planet for all that it's worth, leaving everyone worse off, right? On the negative, you might argue that, well, actually, that's what we want. Right, that property rights create incentives to be a first mover. Because right now, if you aren't going to be rewarded with property rights or exclusive ownership over something, why would you ever go to Mars in the first place? So imagine, you know, you're some billionaire space company and you go to Mars and you set up all the necessary infrastructure necessary for habitation. And it takes you a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of resources. You lose some people in the, in the missions to do so. You take a lot of public backlash for it, but eventually you succeed. You know, decades down the road, you see, succeed in establishing the first habitable Mars habitat. Well, as soon as you do that, then another company is going to be like, oh, perfect. I didn't have to spend tens of millions, if not billions of dollars on this. So I'm just going to go use your habitat now and start doing my own scientific research on Mars. But I didn't have to pay any of the upfront costs associated with starting a new habitat on Mars. So I'm going to free ride off of the efforts of the first mover. As a result, it's going to be pretty hard to incentivize people to be first movers to get to valuable space resources, for example, colonizing Mars. And so maybe you want to reward people and protect people who are first movers, by giving them exclusive use rights, so that way people can't free ride off their efforts, for example, to colonize Mars. Those are what I take to be sort of real reasons for why appropriation is itself important to this debate. It's not just about going to space or using space, but it's having property rights to space. Alternatively, of course, you could sidestep this debate entirely and instead focus on the initial sort of philosophical aspects of the topic. So, is there a such thing as unjust initial acquisition? You know, some libertarian philosophers argue, no, as a result, the appropriation of outer space by private entities cannot be unjust, because who in the world are you harming when you take over Mars or something like that? It's not like you've violated a rights claim made by someone else. There, there was no right in the first place. You know, on the flip side, the affirmative might take a Kantian view of property rights and argue that since property rights are rights to exclude, they have to be rights that are determined within a framework of a, so of a sort of social contract. 
And otherwise, you're just going up to a piece of land and saying, this is mine, and unilaterally asserting control over this land and excluding other people from using it. And that is not any right whatsoever. That's just a claim with no legitimate backing. So the only way that you know rights could uh, exist is if there was some international body that could reasonably delegate property rights to parties. You know, take this to be the sort of pre-political view of property rights, which is the negatives view, or the post-political view of property rights, which is the affirmative view. Um, and I, I can eventually have some thoughts about this controversies lock debate about property rights, um, which I suspect could be a very interesting and fruitful philosophical discussion, but I've already kind of droned on for long enough about this topic. So I'm going to bracket that aspect of the conversation aside and instead encourage, again, Think about why is appropriation specifically important. It can be for pragmatic reasons. It can be for more philosophical or principled reasons. It doesn't really matter, but you need to think about the importance of appropriation itself. A lot of people are just talking about space in general or about using space in general, and they aren't thinking about the key term, which is appropriation. All right. Those are just some of my core thoughts about the space topic, having judged a couple of rounds this last weekend at the Blake tournament. Um, and while a lot of the rounds that I judged were not great because, well, it's only two weeks into the topic. It's not like people have had a t- ton of time to do all the research on a very dense um, and interesting philosophical and legal topic, um, but also because the style of national circuit debate, I think, is, is a little bit silly, to say the least. But some of the core insights that I gathered from these debates, I think, are very applicable to local debates, which are you know going to center a lot more on core topic and philosophical questions. And so I think thinking through you know what is the importance of the term justice or unjust in the resolution thinking through what appropriation is, and thinking about the importance of appropriation as it relates to specific arguments on both sides, I think that will help debaters sort of narrow their focus, um, slim down their research workload, and make them uh, more uh, pointed topic debaters that are able to answer the central questions of the topic. And I think getting familiar with these sort of core concepts will actually afford a very large strategic advantage to debaters who are then able to, in the context of a, of a heated uh, debate round, point to their opponent's arguments and say, this isn't appropriation, so it's not about the topic. Or this isn't about justice, so it's not about the topic. And being able to deftly eliminate entire swaths of your opponent's arguments in one fell swoop, I think is very important, a very strong tool in one's arsenal. And as a result, I think it's really important to think through these three core topic questions. Happy holidays from one clap speech and debate.